Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, November 2nd, otherwise known as my mom's birthday. Happy 74th birthday. I hope you're okay with me sharing your age. My mom looks phenomenal. And if you guys follow me on social media and you've seen pictures of my mom, this woman ages well. And I am very, very happy that I have her genes. So happy birthday, Ima. That's how you say birth or mom in Hebrew. So happy birthday, Ima. And I'm going to go out with her for dinner tonight. I'm already a little bit overwhelmed because I leave for Vegas in the morning. Y'all, you want to know what's going on with me and I'm going to share it all like in my story. So you better be following on Instagram. That's the best way to like keep up, keep up with the Kardashians, keep up with the bowlings. Okay. So I am supposed to go. So, okay. I'm going to Vegas tomorrow morning for BravoCon with my friend Jamie. Jamie is taking one for the team. She's not a Bravo fan. She watches Sister Wives. That's the closest that she can get to relating to my content. But we are best friends. We've known each other since high school. We both have kids that are exactly the same ages. Our husbands are friends. The whole shebang. She used to be my neighbor. So she decided to go to Vegas with me a few months ago just to get away, like on a girl's trip. And so we started to, we planned our whole trip to fly there tomorrow morning from Burbank and then fly back on Sunday afternoon. And yesterday, the airline said we changed the air the flight on Sunday to 8 a.m. Now, I don't know about you guys, but can you imagine, is there anything worse than going home, going, like leaving Vegas on a Sunday morning at 8 a.m. on a flight? I can't think of anything worse. I mean, I can think of worse things, but I'm just saying like, there's no world in which we will be okay to be at the airport at 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning in Vegas. Like you might as well just not sleep, which is not a possibility for me. I need my sleep, even though I'm not getting a lot of it these days. So in a last minute change, Jamie's like, I'm driving. Let's drive to Vegas. I was like, I cannot believe that we're driving to Vegas, but she has her car. It's it's an electric car. It's a Tesla. She's going to drive me. I said, I don't want to drive. She's like, I'm going to drive. So that means I'll be able to be in the car and kind of, you know, catch up with you guys, but there will not be a live show tomorrow. We're going to get to Vegas probably around noon and I'm not going to BravoCon tomorrow. I just sold my ticket to Paige Davis from Jeff Lewis. She just stopped by my house this morning. And, um, and then Saturday, I'll be going to BravoCon. And I'm nervous, but it will be fun. We'll have a good time. You guys, are you sick of me yet? If you're here on YouTube, because I was on with Zach Lewis, uh, Zach Lewis, <laughs> that's just Zach and Zach Peter and Jeff Lewis got married and his name is now Jack, Zach Lewis. I was on Zach Peter's show, No Filter with Zach Peter for 90 minutes this morning. We talked for so, like we talked about everything. We literally mentioned it all. But we didn't go so deep into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and we didn't touch on Miami at all. So I want to talk about both of those things today. Um, we had great TV last night. Great TV. And um, you guys are so sweet. Thank you, everyone. And I know that you guys are all posting about it in the Facebook group. We're all chatting it up. So this will be really fun to kind of talk about. Before we get into that big breaking news about Ramona Singer, we obviously talked about her yesterday getting fired or getting removed from BravoCon for her use of um, 
per what they say, partial use of a racial slur. Um, if you want to learn more about that, go into yesterday's episode. But today she was, um, it was announced that she's actually also fired from her real estate position. Well, from Douglas Elliman, who is her broker. So I'm not like, I'm not super in on like all the terms of real estate, but I know that when you're an agent, a real estate agent, realtor, you work with a broker, correct? Am I saying that right? I don't know if that's right. But Douglas Element is one, just like the agency is one, just like Compass or um, the Oppenheimer group. Is it Oppenheimer or Oppenheim um, from Selling Sunset? So that's kind of how it works. And they have a, a choice where they can remove you from their firm. And um, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm not, I'm 99% sure she still has a real estate license. So she can go off and probably work somewhere else if they would take her. I want Ramona to start working with Mauricio. Let's see what happens there. Watch. She calls Mauricio and she's like, Mo, <laughs> Maurice, love bean. Can you give me a job? I'm, I'm kind of struggling right now. Anyway, she got fired. Douglas Elliman, um, took a stand and I think it was a smart stand to take. Unfortunately, you know, when you do something effed up, you will face consequences. And right now we're seeing all kinds of crazy stuff online with a lot of people doing a lot of messed up things. And if there's video footage or if there's actual proof, which we saw in Ramona's own text, you are culpable. Is that the right word? I'm like, Cody, Cody Brown says culpable. You are culpable to, uh, you know, face those consequences. And Ramona did She's, she shit the bed here. Ramona really is like the queen of not knowing how to stop because the Vanity Fair article wouldn't have done it, but it was her reporting, messaging a reporter. And what Zach Peters told me this morning, which I didn't know, was essentially when you send something to a reporter, as long as you can say in a message, um, as long as you can say, I, this is off the record then they are not allowed to show any of that. But if you don't say this is off the record, um, then if you don't say this is off the record, then they're allowed to do anything. So page six, you know, Ramona's just not thinking. She's just being stupid, honestly. Like she's showing true colors and just being dumb about it. Thank you so much, Wendy, for the super sticker, super chat, super something. Appreciate it. So happy to catch me live and I'm happy you're here as well. And I have to shout out really fast. I see another comment coming in. Kelly Goodman, it's her birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday tomorrow. And hopefully I see you this weekend. You're going to BravoCon. I know I'm going to be there um, in Vegas. And we met at the Chef Stew and Amy Phillips event a few weeks ago which was very fun. And we can talk about that later because uh, I talked about Chef Stew with, with Zach this morning too. I think that's why I called him Zach Lewis because it feels like, uh, you know, Jeff Lewis's life is just all over the place. I'm bummed I'm going to miss him tomorrow at BravoCon because I'm not going, like I said, but apparently he's going to be at Amy Phillips show also on Friday night. So maybe I'll see him at that, at that event, but happy birthday, Kelly. Okay. Wow. Let's uh, let's see what else we can talk about today. There was a couple different things that, you know, popped up, but really I want to spend some time kind of deep diving yesterday's TV. Let's start with, Ramo uh, with Ramona. <laughs> We've already done Ramona. Can we move on from Ramona? Let's start with um, Miami. Who here is watching Miami? 
are you guys interested in talking about Real Houses of Miami? Because if you're not, I highly recommend that you get on the Miami train. So if you guys don't remember, Miami was a show, Real Houses of Miami was season one. And I want to say, was it three seasons or just two seasons? Now I can't remember. And then they took a huge long pause, like chefs do, and Jeff, uh, and, and, and Dorinda, and... I don't know who else is taking a pause. There's lots of pauses going on in this world Um, with, with they kind of took a long break and then they revitalized the series on Peacock. And I started watching it on the Peacock version because I stopped watching like the earlier versions and it is such a good, it's such a good show. You guys last season of Miami was so good. That was the season where if you guys don't remember, it was a lot of the Lenny Hochstein and Lisa Hochstein affair. Remember where, um, very, very wealthy couple and he's a plastic surgeon and he gets, you know, he's on the like hot mic and he's whispering to his friend that he's, he's having an affair and the camera crews catch it. Anyway, definitely a really, really good show. And there's so much that goes on in the show. It's just such crazy personalities. I mean, Marisol and Alexia, who are just like out there. Of course, you've got Nicole, who to me, I don't know about you guys, but I'm such a Nicole stan. Nicole is the one that is, she's also a nurse and she's married to, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, Anthony. And he's so wealthy, like so wealthy. Wait, Andrew, tell me more. Tell me more. Um, beyond wealthy. And he is, um, and now I feel like I have to multitask because I need to find out we're hearing some, some breaking news about Shannon Bedore. So I'm going to need to get that info for you guys. Um, so he is so incredibly wealthy that they just sold a $40 million house and are remodeling a $20 million house. You guys like put your head around this. I don't understand. They have cars just for fun. He told, he said something, you know, I don't know cars, but he said something where he bought a crazy, crazy expensive car and he just dri- driven it four miles. They have a, she has a purse that she by mistake burned on a candle and it's a $6,500 purse. Like I don't understand this money, but I really like her because she's also still wants to work as a nurse and she's so beautiful and she seems like really nice and really sweet. Yeah. She's an anesthesiologist. Thank you. That's what it is. I mean, it's beyond, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous show with gorgeous people. Of course, we also have Larsa Pippen, who's now dating, if not engaged to, I can't remember, Marcus Jordan, both of those two, that's Michael Jordan's son. Both of them are going to be on House of Villains together, not House of Villains, Traitors together. Um, I'm trying to think. We have Julia, who is a lesbian and married to Martina. Don't want to say it wrong. The tennis player, Nakarova or something like that, um, who's going through and recovering right now from or getting treated for two kinds of cancer, lung and breast, crazy, Um, and doing well, thank God. And then who else do we have on that show? Oh, we have have Adriana, who is uh, hard to watch for me. I struggle a little bit. Anyway, it's a really, really good show. And then, of course, like I said, Lisa Hochstein. Thank you. Yes, he is a doctor. Oh, and according to Storm, she's announced she's pregnant. Dr. Nicole. Wow, that's so exciting. Okay, so what I am um, finding out here. Okay, this is the this is the live show for you, guys. This is the live show. This is how... Oh, Gertie! How could I forget Gertie? Gertie is 
I love her so much. She's beautiful. She has two sons. She has a great, seemingly great husband, and she's an event planner. And this year, this season is all about, um, focuses heavily on the fact that she has breast cancer, which we've watched in real time. And we allude to it in this first episode. So in this first episode, let's first start with this. Alexia, you guys, Alexia to me is Teresa of Miami. But what I mean by that is that she is so, um, she talks a lot, <laughs> a lot of talkers, a lot of talkers, right? She's constantly talking. She needs to insert herself and make it about her in every conversation. I don't think Alexia listens that much, but she talks a lot. And she has this husband, Todd, who just really is just an oddball. But last season, between last season and this season, I guess he created some sort of long video apology to Nicole's husband. And he published it like out in the public and it was really long. Apparently it was just a lot of talking. And it's one of those things that you're like, honey, why, why'd you do that? Like you should have just sent a text. Like mm, probably not the smartest thing for you to do that. So she, she did a, um, they talk about this and they talk about the fact that like everyone's kind of giving him shit about this apology video. Well, later on, we find out that Alexia is having this party and it's called New Horizons, Nuevos Horizontes. <laughs> I'm probably saying it wrong. And Todd decides not to go to the party, which makes Alexia cry. So she's having all of her girlfriends with all of their husbands and boyfriends to come over. And her own guy decides not to be there because he's embarrassed about this video or doesn't want to get shit. I thought that absolutely was such a fail on his part. Like, not for me. If you're not going to stand by your woman and support her when she's going through a party like this to make her cry, that Todd guy. Something is afoot, you guys. I promise you, I'm not feeling it. I feel like something is afoot with that Todd guy, and I worry a little bit about him. But let's see what else. Marisol um, has drama with Adriana, doesn't want to be in the same place, but Alexia wants to bring her because Julia has told Alexia, let's let's bring all the girls back together. There's some drama between um there's some drama between Gertie and Larsa. And this is kind of like the big moment in this episode, which I thought was was really almost like emotional to watch. So Larsa's pissed because Gertie went on a podcast called Reality, Reality and shared that she thinks Larsa is fake. And I love how Larsa, with her big like booty, her BBL booty, and like boobs and the whole thing and like all the makeup is like, I'm not fake. <laughs> and I was like, mm -hmm. sure about that? I don't know if she's fake personality, but she definitely is not like, when I look at her, I don't think like grounded down to earth, real girl, authentic. Like there's a lot of that. But anyway, she is so upset about, and it's so interesting. Like she's like, call me a bitch. I don't care. Call me this. I don't care. But if you call me fake, isn't that interesting? Like what's the one word? that you wouldn't want someone to call you? Like, what's the trigger word? I think I know mine. I think I know my, mine. I think if someone said to me, you're lazy, I think that's the thing that would kill me more than ever is if someone said like, you don't work hard enough or you're lazy because I'm so like, 
connected to my work ethic. So I think it's like a real trigger. But this fake thing is a super trigger for Larsa. And at the end at this party where they start to all yell, we don't know this yet. But Gertie is like very frustrated with all the yelling. And she keeps trying to get everyone to stop. She keeps trying to escape from the drama. And she goes to her husband at one point. And she's like, I have to go. I can't handle the noise. This is so stressful. I got to go. And she decides that she's going to go. And, and she tells her husband, let, you know, we got to go. And he's down. He's like, he's, they're ready to go. And Larsa kind of goes to her again. And she goes, Larsa, come with me. And Larsa's like, no, you have to hear me. Listen to me. And Larsa's still in fight mode. But Gertie starts to hysterically cry. And she's like, listen to me, Larsa. And she pulls Larsa and she's like, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you. And when I am needing you, you better be there for me. And Larsa's like, what the? F is going on. You went from his like screaming at me to hysterically crying, saying you're going to need me. Like what's going on? And that's kind of how the episode ends. And then they cut to a couple days before when she's sitting at the park with her sons and her husband. And she's just so upset because she's just gotten the call from her doctor who says that she has cancer. And she's like, I don't want to even use that word. Anyway, you guys, it's really, it's actually really, really sad. And I worry a little bit about, um, you know, it's always hard to watch these kinds of situations, but I, I love Gertie and I think it will be nice. There's something about that Miami cast that always brings them together. Last season, like they were fighting about everything, but then when Lisa Hochstein said that Lenny wanted an wanted a divorce because he was having an affair, all those girls came to each other's like support. And now around Gertie, I think it's going to happen to her too. So it makes me really, really happy that um, that that is going to, you know, hopefully bring them together and realize, I think when you go through something like that, when you, God forbid, have some sort of a horrible health scare or anything like that, or, you know, someone horrible, like some sort of grief stricken experience, or maybe, you know, your country's under attack or who knows what, I think it does really, really make you start to say, hey, you know, this is not worth it. Like what we're talking about right now is not worth it. Um, I'm still trying to find the Shannon Bedore stuff and I'm not finding it. So if you're still here, Andrew, you got to send it to me. I need to know. I need to know what's going on. Um, okay. Uh, this is the multitasking of me. See, don't call me. Don't call me. Um, lazy when I'm multitasking during a live show. Okay, here we go. I got it. I got it, you guys. Breaking, breaking news. Shannon Bedore, I'm writing my timestamps. Shannon Bedore has been sentenced to three years probation for a DUI. Her prosecutors wanted jail time, but a judge just sentenced her to three years of probation. This is according to TMZ. Real Houses of OC star learned her fate Thursday, that's today, and was sentenced to 36 months in formal probation, fines and fees, plus 40 hours community service and a nine-month alcohol program. She did not show her face in the Orange County courtroom, instead having her attorney appear on her behalf to enter her plea of no contest to one count DUI and one count driving with a blood alcohol content of 0.08% or more. The judge dismissed one count of hit and run with property damage. How would she get dismissed on a one count? How would she get dismissed on a hit and run with property damage? Is it because she stopped right after? Um, Orange County DA Todd Spitzer tried to convince the judge to give her a harsher sentence. He wanted her to also serve 30 days in jail. The judge ruled otherwise. 
Um, okay, so and she's still gonna be at BravoCon this weekend, which is so freaking weird. What what is pro what does probation actually mean? This is what I want to know. Does it mean that you have to check in every day? Does it mean that you have to, you know, like do you have an ankle monitor? Like, what is probation? It's crazy. I don't know. Um, we'll have to see what happens between her and 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 you know the. I can't imagine showing my face at BravoCon tomorrow after just getting sentenced for a DUI, and getting three years probation, and then like going to BravoCon and laughing it off. I mean, she definitely cannot be drinking tomorrow at BravoCon, right? Uh, okay. Kelly says, I feel like Shannon will ca- get caught drinking within the year. Um, we'll have to see. I wonder if the owners of the home can sue her individually and separately for property damage. Okay. So you guys are saying, um, Miss Vicky says she has to, what if it was Vicky Gumbelson in my life? Means she has to let her probation officer know where she is at. She can only travel out of state if it involves work. Well, I guess BravoCon is work. So that makes sense, right? All right. Well, best of luck. And let's hope, I mean, we still don't know if she's a changed woman. Like we haven't seen anything. I want her to, you know, show us and prove to us. It's like words are words. You can say, I'm trying to be better and I'm sorry for everything. But now that she's been sentenced, hopefully she can speak out about what happened. I'd be interested to see if she was on a panel this we- this season, like, or I'm sorry, this weekend, which I'm not planning on going to any panels unless it just happens. I'm really not going to go out of my way to jump in those because they're all aired anyway and all the stuff gets com- comes out. But I'm so interested. Cecile says she's going to be allowed to drink. Yeah, because she doesn't have an ankle bracelet on. I mean, if you get a DUI, technically, you can still drink. You just can't drive, right? Anyway, we'll have to see. And and we don't know if she'll be fired yet from Bravo from the next season of Housewives. We don't know. My guess is no. That's going to be my guess. Because I think they'll say, like, if if she has a storyline of redemption, like, an uh, you know, coming back from this horrible thing, I think Bravo will love the story of it. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm not a huge fan. Just like I'm okay with Ramona not coming back. I'm not a big fan of Shannon Bedore. I'm not going to lie. Like everything she brings to the show before this even was just negative and like toxic and angry and running off and just like unhealthy. She just feels so unhealthy. So I don't know. Um, okay, let's move on to Real Houses of Beverly Hills. You guys, you guys, you guys. I don't know about you, but Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is just like, I feel like we're watching a different show entirely than we watch any other season. Obviously, we're going to get into the Kyla Mauricio, but it's like, who stole Kyle and put this new person in? Because it's not Kyle. It's not the Kyle we've known. So clearly someone's fake. Talk about fake. It's Kyle. And I don't know if the fake Kyle is the old Kyle or the fake Kyle is the new Kyle, but whatever we're seeing is not what we've seen. So like one of these things is not like the other. You know what I mean? Um, another thing is that, hold on, my skirt's coming up. Hold on. Gotta get it down. Okay. So then let's start with Beverly Hills. So finally we get a little bit of Crystal. Remember last episode, Crystal Minkoff was just like not there. She almost was just, you know, we had more footage about Eagle Woman and Blue Raven than we did Crystal Minkoff. But in this episode, she was... She was um, featured at the beginning of the episode in a very, very sweet scene with her brother. 
I know that they're planning on really focusing on a lot of stuff between her and her brother this year. Is that interesting to you guys? Are you interested in that storyline? I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I'm not. I could care less about her brother. Like, it's just not interesting to me. Um, I wish there was something a little bit more important or revealing for the show. But Crystal herself looks gorgeous, looks sweet. They go to Gracias Madre, which is a, um, you know, a... Uh, Mexican restaurant. Looks like they have some margaritas. They chat about life. I mean, it's kind of boring, to be honest. But she, but she comes off very sweet and pretty and likable, right? She's likable. Okay. Then, of course, we go over. We spend some time at Sutton's house. Sutton is just such a trip. Sutton and Avi. Her um, Avi is her house manager, right? Avi and her are having. Um, he's making her a drink and then she ends up doing a, uh, FaceTime with Garcelle. It feels like Sutton and Garcelle are really the only two that are very actual real friends. Don't you guys get that feeling? Garcelle's so stunning. She's in the car. She's not even being filmed. I mean, she knows that she'll probably be on camera for this FaceTime, but she's in the car and she's driving Jax, her son to a, ba a basketball game or whatever. And she just looks so pretty. Garcelle is so freaking gorgeous. And, um, you know, Sutton is talking to her about Vegas and it's kind of just a nothing set up scene. Then we see another scene where Garcelle ends up going to Sutton's house for lunch and they're eating some food. And in that scene, they're talking all about, um, what were they talking about even? Like, that's how boring it is. What were they talking about in it? I wrote my notes somewhere, but like, who knows where my notes are? They were talking about how she saw a matchmaker and she was a little tough with the matchmaker, but she's, you know, interested in wanting to kind of make it work. And, um, and she's hoping that, you know, it, uh, she, they, she had this really strange scene with the matchmaker, to be honest, where she's so socially awkward and it's such a strange connection she has with other people. I imagine Sutton is one of those people that is really, really funny and fun, but also so weird, right? Like I say this in, in a loving way, but she's really, you know, uh, a, a do, right? Oh, okay. So Sutton was talking about, Garcelle was talking about being a bad parent to her son and she was getting emotional over it. And Sutton was listening to her and they were chatting about it. It was a sweet, it was a sweet scene. I feel bad for Garcelle, but also this feels a little bit pushed as well. This narrative about Garcelle being a bad mother. Um, Garcelle, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's getting a little bit kind of overinflated. Like Garcelle needs a story. Do you guys get that feeling a little bit? Because I don't know about you. It's very weird to go on camera with your teenage son who's like tells you all these horrible things and then you make it a very important big part of the show. It feels exploitative. I'm not a huge fan of that storyline. I'm not a fan of Crystal's storyline. And Sutton doesn't really have a storyline, I guess, except she wants to start dating. So those three are boring. Let's move on to like the important and more interesting part of the show. Oh, there was some Erica stuff, but Erica and Dorit, Erica and Dorit have this conversation. Uh, you guys, what are we doing here with this picnic? Okay, let me set the scene. There's this park in Beverly Hills. If you've, if you've been to Beverly Hills, you know it well. It's across the street from the Beverly Hills Hotel. It's off of Sunset, just south of Sunset Boulevard. And it's this gorgeous park that you can kind of walk through. There's a big fountain in the middle. It's been in a ton of movies and TV shows. You'll recognize it if you go. Dorit sets up a picnic from this company that offers these picnics as if you're doing a photo shoot 
or a birthday party or a bridal shower or, 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 but to have a coffee or a tea with a girlfriend and to get this company to set up this picnic, this extravagant picnic, we, it was like, we were watching an episode of the bachelor. Speaking of Gary's on tonight, guys, I'm not going to be able to cover it until next week, but my favorite AI bachelor is on tonight. Hello, Teresa. My, you look golly fine tonight. It was so weird, this picnic. It was clearly like a setup, whether it was like they decided to, I'm sure they decided to do it for free as long as they got featured on the show, which was so weird. The two of them, they were like, hi, welcome to the picnic. We have champagne and tea and coffee and water. Okay, bye. It, the whole thing felt so weird and it felt so strangely put, especially for Dorit to have with Erica. They end up sitting there. I don't think they each have one bite. They're just drinking some tea, talking about this robbery, which I covered a little bit last week, but Jareet went through this robbery again. She got $10,000 cash, put it in her purse, already a crazy story, and then put it in a cart. Now we're getting even crazier of a story. I've never in my life left my purse in a cart without me watching over it in the last five years. And especially not if I knew there was a, a wad of cash. In fact, I had a dream last night. This is so random, but I had a dream last night thinking about my cash. I had a dream last night that I had like a pile of cash, like a, an envelope. It was like a big manila envelope and it was just filled with cash. And I don't think it was mine. Like, I think I stole cash because I remember being very like hidden about it. But it was probably because Dorit. I also didn't sleep a lot last night. I'm on like five hours of sleep. Um, but anyway, so Dorit gets robbed again from these men that took $10,000 cash. She's also saying that there was a video that the store provided where these three men were following her. Why are we not seeing it? Like that would be such a moment where a show would go back and like show a little footage of the, like a little clip of the footage. Cause they always do that. Remember they did that with Dorit security cams when people were stealing, when uh, the robbery took place at her house. It was very odd. You guys, someone said on one of the comments, maybe she needed the cash cause she's giving out cash presents. Okay, so maybe that's the case, which is still really weird to me, but maybe that's the case. Why are you putting it in your purse and putting it in a cart? Just if you're taking $10,000 cash out of a bank, you go immediately home. And for whatever reason, I just feel like there's something very suspect about it. Okay. So anyway, they have this weird picnic where they decide kumbaya, let's all get along. We've all had a tough year. We want to be friends. Okay. Okay. And then they hug each other and, you know, all is good in the picnic world of Beverly Hills. We then cut to Kyle picking up Dorit in a $165,000 Range Rover. And this was the craziest thing because Dorit comes out, gets into the car, and she's like, oh, your car, Kyle. I love your car. It's so wonderful. I mean, I have the same one, but your car is so special. Congrats on the Ew, you guys, maybe there's just too much going on in the world, but I'm grossed out with this. Like, for whatever reason, the way Nicole on Miami, I was just talking about her and her very expensive things. For some reason with her, I just find it so much less tacky when they talk about all their things. But in this situation, oh, your car, it's so gorgeous. I have the same one, but your car, but oh, mm -mm. the way that money is just being thrown around in these times, I don't know why. Am I growing up? Like, am I getting too mature for Real Housewives that it, it's triggering the shit out of me? 
I'm like, you know what? How many people would be happy with a car a quarter of that price? And like, I get it. We're watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but there's something about it that just felt so exactly, Katya, out of touch. Out of touch. It's like there's bigger things in the world that we're going to like sit here and cry uh, over excitement over a car. It just bothers me. Whatever. You guys are going to be like, get, get over it, Donna. This is what we're watching. But it bothers me in this time. And also we're watching the show during a very challenging time in life, I think, in the world. So, you know, it triggers me. Um, and also I would like that car. Anyway, um, so so they start driving. And this is the scene where Dorit decides that she is going to be Diane Sawyer and she is going to really, Kyle, Kyle, what is going on? Kyle, something is different. I can't help but think that you're hiding something from me. I don't see you and Mo. What is going on with you? It's the weirdest scene. It's so strange. It's like these girls are supposedly good friends and you've never once had a conversation about your marriage. I don't know about you guys, but my girlfriends and I, we know everything about the way we're feeling about our, feeling about our husbands, especially if it's been going on for a while. They were shooting the scene in, I think it was February of 23. They were shooting the scene, February or March of 23. And things like Kyle had been stopping to post about Mauricio now for a few months. So like, it was really, it felt either like they're not really friends or let's put it on for the show. I'm guessing they're not really that close. Anyway, Kyle is so checked out. She's so checked out in the scene. She doesn't want to be there. She doesn't want to be part of it. She's thinking about Morgan the whole time. <laughs> like in my mind, I'm thinking that all she wants to do is just get her paycheck so that she can go back like to Nashville and hang out with Morgan Wade in this moment. But she's so she's just sitting there and kind of skirting Dorit's, you know, uh, hard hitting journalism. And she basically says, I just needed some space. And Mer and Dorit goes. Space specifically from Mo. I mean, the way Dorit speaks, everything is so paused. Right, PK? So they end up going to the Beverly Wilshire PK has set up set Kyle up to take Dorit to the Beverly Wilshire. Now, if you guys are in my generation, we all watched Pretty Woman. I watched it in the theaters. There's so much wrong with that, but I watched it in the theaters and then I continued to watch it 15,000 times on VHS. It is a movie that will that will always like that and Dirty Dancing and you know, um trying to think what like true Beverly Hills, dirty dancing, pretty woman, don't tell mom the babysitter is dead, adventures in babysitting. Like these are movies of our life, right? And so pretty woman about the call girl who gets picked up on Hollywood Boulevard by Richard Gere because he can't drive stick or he's lost or something like that. And he ends up taking her back to the Reg Bev well. If you guys remember, you know, Cinda fucking Rella. And they end up going to the hotel and she ends up like basically getting hired by Richard Gere for the week to be his girlfriend and go out with him on all these like gorgeous events and they end up falling in love, okay? Sounds horrible. Most beautiful movie ever. Sorry. But anyway, PK has decided to recreate this with Kyle being the, you know, the pawn or whoever, I guess the alibi of where Dorit should go. They end up going to the Reach Bev well. 
And Kyle is like, come with me, Dorit, just like go with it. So Dorit is a control freak. They get into the hotel room and they decide, Dorit like can't handle it. She's like, what kind of anniversary is this? I have to lay out my own fruit. I don't feel anything special about, I mean, it was, I was a little turned off by all of them in this episode. Really, honestly, really turned off by all of them. Oh my gosh, you guys are naming so many good ones. When Harry met Sally, cocktail, but when Harry met Sally is one of them, right? Okay, so Dorita's like panicking, right? Who's going to take care of my kids? Where are my kids? And I get that. As a mother of young kids, I'd be like, wait, I don't get it. But I would get over it real fast. I would drink a glass of champagne and move on. But she is like panicking over it. And then she gets on the phone with Jagga, who says, I mean, little Jagger, mom, stop stressing. We're fine. We're part of it. Just enjoy yourself, mom. Oh, my God. So sweet. So PK put his son up for, you know, uh, acting gig. And Jagger did it. Jagga did it. And now Dorita's finally calming down. And then come in the troops, right? We get... We get the stylist, the this, the makeup artist, the hair person. I mean, 14 people come into the room with all these red dresses because they have to, she has to look like Julia Roberts did in this iconic red off the shoulder dress with the white gloves. And let me tell you, they did a spectacular job, but Dorit's annoyed. She doesn't have her bronzer. She doesn't have this. She's getting annoyed about this. And Kyle, the teenager that Kyle is with her army combat boots is like, <laughs> falling all over the chair. I mean, Kyle is 16 years old. She's reverted to 16 years old in this entire season. She's a rebellious teenager who's getting tattoos, who's laughing at her friends, who's like, oh, come on, let's go do something fun. Like it's so, she's so odd to me. I'm I'm just, I'm really not team Kyle this season at all right now. But we'll get to t- Kyle and Mauricio in just a moment. So then Dorit, ends up getting excited. She's dressed. I feel good. I'm excited. I'm ready. And then she comes downstairs to the, the cut lounge, which is not the exact same restaurant that they shot the, the, the movie, um, of pretty woman, but it's similar. And they walk in and that's where she sees PK. And she's like, PK, Papa, 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 PK. She walks in, she's holding back tears. And then PK does something which is so like the movie, right? He has the gift of the necklace and he opens the box and she puts her hands through and he goes, he slaps it. I thought it was actually genius. It was exactly Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. And she's like, $5 million necklace. You guys, a $5 million necklace this woman was wearing on loan. I'm sorry, what? PK and Dorit, aren't very good with money from what we've seen in the media, right? From what we've seen in tax documents, they owe a lot to the IRS. There's a lot going on there. Something is afoot. Why are they spending so much money? Now, I know that they didn't buy that necklace. It was on loan, but everything else cost money, right? He had to get a room for her to get ready in with all the stylists, with all the people. They had to get all those dresses, even if they were returning it all. It's all a lot of money. And a room at the Beverly Wilshire is definitely not cheap. And then he got a second room where they ended up going to, which was covered top to bottom in flowers. Like so, so expensive. And then um, and then uh, they had, you know, the music that – now, who actually was singing? Was that – I, I don't want to say it like, was it Berlin? Like watching in slow motion as you. But the best thing that the editors did was they said the song is Take My Breath Away. And it said, 
from Top Gun, not Pretty Woman. It was a genius move by the editors. I'm sorry. When I, this is a Bachelor moment. It was Berlin. Okay. This is a Bachelor who didn't sound amazing. This is just going to be 100% honest, okay? So mean to me, but it's true. And on The Bachelor, I always cringe in these scenes. When you go into a room and it's just you and your man and like a singer or a guitar player and a singer, and it's just the four of you or the five of you, and you just have to stare at each other. I wanted to die. I was literally, oh, the singer from Berlin is dead? <laughs> Shoot. Guys, sorry. So I was literally watching it like this. I felt so uncomfortable watching this show. I was dying over it. So they do this weird dancing and Dorita with her white gloves, hysterically crying. And then they sit down and she's like, PK, PK, look at this, Baba. Look at this, Baba. PK, look up. Look at her. She's like losing her shit. They sit down. They get served caviar and PK goes in for the kill. He's like, I'm starving, right? He starts eating. And, um, and then, and anyway, so they start, they started to, uh, they start to eat and and talk about the surprises. And he says, you're, you know, they made it look like they got in a big fight over the surprise, but he was basically saying like, you just made it really difficult to give you a surprise because you're so nervous. And they, but I guess they ended up having this, this amazing time. But the truth is thou doth protest too much. Whenever you have a couple that shows this like over the top, extravagant, embellished, gorgeous, beautiful experience. Oh my God, PK, Bubba, <laughs> Bubba. That shit's fake. Just saying. And they've been like this from the beginning, right? Remember, he threw that big party. They even did all the flashbacks, the helicopter ride. Everything is so over the top for two people that owe so much money in taxes. You guys, when I owe $5,000 in taxes, Lance and I say, hey, let's not go to dinner this week. The last thing I'm doing is hiring a helicopter to land on a yacht. What's happening? It's so insane. It is so, it, the whole thing is so insane. So, um, okay. And then the, finally, the scene that was like really, really hard to watch was Kyle, the teenager, really honestly young, acting younger than Portia, her youngest. So Portia's turning 50 and they have a quinceanera, basically dinner, a Mexican dinner. And at the beginning of the scene, you see them standing near the Mexican um, food and they're kind of prepping for the dinner and Mauricio's eating a little bit and she's just annoyed with him. You can tell the way that he's, she's like looking at him and she asks him at one point about the tattoos. Does your mom know that you have tattoos? And he says, no. Now, Dr. Estella comes to the party. That's the mom and Mauricio's dad, who we know now is not married to the mom and is very silent. He looks like just an older silent version of Mauricio. And they're sitting there and talking, and all of a sudden, very strangely, Dr. Estella takes Kyle aside and says, Kyle, I need to ask you this. And remember, Dr. Estella is a marriage therapist, or like a sex therapist, remember that, from years ago? Kyle, I need to ask you this. What is going on with you and Mauricio? I'm seeing all of this stuff in the news. So this was earlier in the year when there was all this drama and people were starting to leak it. This is before Morgan Wade was like part of the equation, or she was part of the equation, but she was not announced as part of the equation. And so Estelle, Estelle, Dr. Estella asks her about it and Kyle's kind of just like rolling her eyes. And then she goes, I was spotted without my ring and people are saying something. I don't know if that's what triggered Kyle to then decide to tell her mother-in-law, not only that she got tattoos, but that her husband, her mother-in-law's son, 
also has tattoos. Now, let me just explain one thing really fast about the tattoo situation. A lot of you guys are tripping out over the tattoos. So in the Jewish religion, there is a little bit of a weirdness around tattoos. It doesn't mean that you're not allowed to get tattoos. In fact, a lot of Jews that I know, hardcore Jews, like Israelis, they they have tattoos. If I got a tattoo, I wouldn't be, you know, mis- uh, excommunicated from my family. I could still be buried. Like there's all these things. You can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery is like one of the things people say. It's not true. Essentially what's what's going on in the Jewish culture is that during the Holocaust, which happened in case any of you guys are questioning that, just like October 7th happened, um, during the Holocaust, all the Jews that were murdered and before being taken to camps were getting their numbers tattooed on them. By numbers, I don't mean phone numbers. I mean the number, what number Jew they are, okay? So my grandmother had a tattoo on her arm of her number. It's a painful reminder of one of the worst things that ever happened to, to Jews, ever. Um, the Holocaust, obviously. And because of that, there are some people, especially in the older generation of Jews, who feel a little bit weird about tattoos. It was not cool of Kyle. Kyle really shit the bed in this moment to go and tell your mother-in-law, your, do you know your son has a tattoo? <laughs> like falling apart. And then she's like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why? But like, why? What was the goal here? What I think, not only did she go and tell her mother-in-law, she then went into the kitchen when they were setting up the cake. So the dinner party is still very much going on to Mauricio, to her husband in front of her daughters and says, I just told your mom you have a tattoo. Okay, I would be so freaking annoyed at Kyle too. Mauricio's like, what's wrong with you? And that's what I feel like Mauricio is going through right now. Because if what we're seeing from last week's episode and then today is really accurate of what the way Kyle is acting, Mauricio's like, who is my wife? This is a new version of my wife. It's weird AF. And so she's she's sitting there and she's like, you know, um, well, I mean, I didn't really tell her, but like, it's not a big deal. But I told her, and Mauricio's like, I don't want to talk about this right now. This is at our daughter's birthday party. It's probably something that Mauricio has been hiding from his mom because he doesn't want to disappoint her. What's the point of telling them something, you know, at this age? And it, it wasn't Kyle's story to tell. And it really bugged me that then she became a victim. Like, okay, like, why are you being so mad? Why are you so mad at me? Why are you so mad? It's like, it's gaslighting. It's like, I'm going to say something to piss you off, but why are you so mad at me? You're being so mean. It really, really bothered me. I think Kyle is being ridiculous. A lot of you guys have said in the comments, and I'm seeing this, is that Kyle is channeling Kim, her sister Kim, which is kooky, which is a little frenetic, which is a little like filter free, which is saying things like out of left field. It's almost like she's going through some sort of identity crisis, midlife crisis. She's not happy in her skin. She doesn't look happy who she is, who she is. She's living a double life. You know my thoughts. I've told you guys this before. She is living a double life because in this moment, this is what I think. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But from what I've heard, she is very much in love with someone else. And so she's not present. She's not present in that family right now. And she's not present in that marriage. This is what we're watching. And she doesn't give a shit about ruining her relationship with her husband her mother-in-law and ruining her husband's relationship with his mother. She doesn't give a shit. She's checked out. She's checked out because Kyle's big thing in life was always to keep the peace. 
We're family. Keep us together. Everything's good. Everything's good. And now she's just like, I don't give a F. I don't know who, I don't care who you, what, what you tell me. I'm out. That is not who Kyle is. It's not who we've seen of Kyle. So which version is the fake version? And we know that they're going to split up soon because now they're split up. So we know, obviously, that she's not happy. We know, And he probably also is like, I don't want to be married to this. This is not what I married. It, that can't be easy, right? When you're married to someone for so many years and then all of a sudden they fall in love with someone else and they become a different, complete person. It's like when a man is cheating and all of a sudden they start going to the gym and they start losing all this weight and looking really good. And you're like, what's going on? And you find out it's because they're not interested in doing it for you. They're interested in someone else. Uh, you guys, it is not, it's not a good look, but she is definitely trying very hard to kind of portray this version of, I am, you know, I'm not willing to be the wife that just lets you be who you are. I'm going to stand up for myself. But I'm like, that's BS. Because Mauricio was never controlling on Kyle from what we've saw, we've seen. I have never seen that side of them. And if he has been really controlling over Kyle for the last 15, 27 years or whatever they've been married. Well, then now we know for sure she's fake because they always portrayed this like perfect loving relationship where they were both able to kind of really live their own independent lives. He let her do things. Although, remember when they went to Aspen to stay in their house and he came because they were using her his, his plane? Maybe he was controlling and maybe we just didn't see Anyway, we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to watch what happens. You guys, I loved hanging out with you this week. Thank you so much for you, your support of Daily Dose of Donna. It always means the world. I was on the Sarah Fraser show. Today, I'm on Morgan Talks, which is um, a great pop culture podcast. We're talking about the Vanity Fair article. I'm also on Zach Peters' podcast podcast this week talking about all these things. So I'm a little bit all over the place this week, but I will be in Vegas over the weekend. Please follow on Instagram if you want to keep up um, on at this is Donna Bowling. That's my Instagram username. And I will see you guys on Monday back here. All right. Have an amazing, amazing rest of your weekend. Bye y'all.